0: Good Mornings, I'm Chris Oaks and coming up today, To Your Health, it has long been the leading cause of death among women, now alarming new data shows the connection between heart disease and maternal health. Also this morning, it is America Saves Week, tools to help you start or boost your personal financial health plan are as close as your nearest bank. Our Throwback Thursday segment this morning, get a financial life, real world, common sense and down to earth money management advice for young adults just starting out and happening around town. Fun Day Sunday is back. The University of Finley's Mazza Museum is set to welcome kids and families to their first in-person event in nearly two years. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Thursday, February 24th, 2022. Kind of interesting the invasion of Ukraine by Russia overnight um, coincides and I was looking at the today in history calendar coincides with the United States and its Gulf War allies launching a large scale that large scale ground assault against Iraqi troops in the first Gulf War on this day in nineteen ninety one coincidence I'm sure i'm I'm sure that that has nothing to do when well, I Vladimir Putin wasn't sitting back and saying, we're going to invade Ukraine on the same day that the U.S. invaded Iraq back in the first Gulf War, you know, 30 years ago. But it uh, it does coincide kind of instant, interestingly enough. So uh, on the lighter side of things, if you need a reason to celebrate today, it is National Tortilla Chip Day. Uh, also World Bartender Day. So, so belly up to the bar. Have a drink and some chips and tip your bartenders uh, today. National trading card day. And it is Twin Peaks Day today. Twin Peaks Day. Designated today because the very first line of dialogue in the classic TV series Twin Peaks as FBI Special Agent Dale Cooper, played by Kyle McLaughlin, dictates into his tape recorder it's 11:30 a.m february 24th entering the town of twin peaks this is the very first line of dialogue mentions this date as uh agent cooper makes his entrance into the town of twin peaks to investigate the death of laura palmer and thus today twin peaks day you know interesting story uh my wife and i a few years ago uh visited the uh, seattle area uh because my uh, youngest son was uh living there at the time And uh, so we went out for Christmas uh, one year and uh, a few years ago. And while we were uh, out sightseeing, we happened to stop in this uh, little cafe uh, just east of of Seattle. And uh, we did not know this until we were until we were done. We were paying the bill. And at the counter, there was a sign said that that cafe was part of the set for the TV show Twin Peaks. (laughs) <laughs> I turned to my wife. I was like, "Oh my goodness, we're in Twin Peaks!" Um, and sure enough, I had to go back and I had to watch the uh, <laughs> had to watch the series again to to find the little cafe that we had had lunch in. We were in Twin Peaks. Uh, it's uh, Snoqualmie, uh, right around Snoqualmie Falls, uh, just east of uh, Seattle. If you ever want to go, if you're ever there. So, anyway, just kind of interesting. Twin Peaks Day today. Some of the first things you need to know to get your Thursday morning started. Disliking certain kinds of music is normal, but did you ever wonder why there are certain songs that you don't care for when others just love them? Researchers from Germany uh, came up with, uh, I guess they've studied this, and they come up with uh, three categories why people dislike music. Generally, the reasons that people dislike a certain song or a certain type of music generally falls into one of these three categories. Number one, object related reasons such as composition or lyrics. Number two, subject related reasons. uh, That would be uh, emotional reaction or effects or discrepancies with one's self image kind of conflicts who you believe you are as a person. Uh, And number three, social reasons. So one of those three usually impacts. Earlier research has shown that musical aversion has important social functions, but this study expands to include music-related and personal reasons. For example, musical dislikes may serve to maintain a good mood, facilitate identity expression, or help define a social group. So anyway, I don't know what all of that means, but apparently there are scientific reasons why you may not like one song over another. Um, There is a a new study out that finds uh, kids, do you have a picky eater at home? If you are a parent, uh, you probably know the battle. A new study finds that kids make their eating choices based more on what they dislike than what they like. Researchers at Penn State University looked at uh, kids between the ages of four and six and found that dislike was a stronger predictor of what little ones eat compared to the foods that they like. Kathleen Keller is the lead researcher in this project, says that even at a young age, children's food choices are influenced by their parents and peers. So we need to be careful with assumptions about what is truly driving their behavior. When they sit down to a meal, she says they pick up on what is said around the table about what foods are good and what, um, and while that may not, not actually correspond to kids eating the food, that is good for them they are taking in the dialogue and those impressions of what is good for them and that that affected their perceptions of food milk is a good example for some families there may be a health halo effect around milk kids learn from an early age that drinking milk would give them a strong body so they may drink milk even if it's not their favorite beverage so anyway be careful what you talk about Around the dinner table, the foods that you like and you don't, you're influencing your kids, even if they are not necessarily eating those foods at the moment or even right now in their lives. So it's it's kind of interesting. By the way, speaking of parenting. Now, I know that there's plenty of advice out there on TikTok. Not all of it. Good advice on everything from parenting to financial Advice. We were talking about this the other day. Be careful letting financial influencers on social media uh, dictate your uh, money decisions and all of that. Parenting decisions would fall under that same category. But this, I think, is uh, kind of interesting. A parenting coach on TikTok has some advice. Uh, Tia Sleitem, who posts under the handle Parenting Coach, at Parenting Coach on TikTok, recently shared that parents should consider replacing the word if- With the word when you're trying to get your child to do something, for example, instead of saying, if you don't get ready for bed, then I'm not going to read you a bedtime story. Instead of saying that, you say when you're ready for bed, then we'll read together. So you see that you replace the word if with the word when she says that using if statements invite power struggles and arguments while using when statements, do not. I can actually see that. I can see it. by saying the word if it, you subconsciously give your kids a choice. If you do this, then we will do that. Uh, so they have a choice. But if you say when you do this, then this will follow. You don't give them the choice. You're just telling them, making a statement instead of giving them an option. So I just thought that was kind of interesting little advice there for parents. Um, Speaking of kids, today's kids are soft. How many times have you heard that? Today's kids are soft. Well, according to one U.S. Army officer, America's youth are literally soft, living a sedentary life that makes them fragile and prone to injury, thus harder to successfully transition from civilian life to the military. This comes from an official press release posted on the Defense Visual Information Distribution Service, a hub of the press service, the U.S. military and the Pentagon. The article is called Why Today's Gen Z is at Risk for Boot Camp Injuries. And uh, Army Major Jean-Marc Thibodeau, who is a clinical coordinator in charge of medical readiness at Fort Leonard Wood in Missouri, when he was asked about the youth of today, he said, and I'm quoting here, the Nintendo generation soldier skeleton is not toughened by activity prior to arrival. So, so some of them break more easily, unquote. They say that kids bones are not strong because they are sitting on the couch all day playing video games instead of. You know, running around playing sports and uh, doing all of those rock and tumble things that uh, kids used to do. And it's making them literally, it's making their bones literally soft. So kids today are literally soft. This is according to this uh, army major. So make of that what you will. I thought it was uh, kind of interesting. Uh, The lockdown story of the day. Always have to have a lockdown story or a, a pandemic story of the day. The mental impact of life during the pandemic lockdowns a very common topic these days as we sort of do a postscript analysis on the pandemic, the impact of the pandemic. But here's something interesting. Did some people actually like the lockdowns more than normal life? A new study finds one in three young people were actually happier during lockdown. Researchers from the University of Cambridge in England says, These teens and adolescents felt less lonely. They avoided bullying. They got more sleep and more exercise, and their mental health improved while staying at home due to COVID-19 health mandates. So kind of interesting. I certainly felt less lonely, and that surprised me until I thought, well, you were locked down with your family, had a lot of family time, and so maybe that contributed to the less lonely factor and certainly kids avoided bullying by being home, being home uh for the most part so and online bullying but still you they remove themselves from those situations in many cases. so i thought that was uh, kind of interesting and uh one other item here among the first things you need to know today and this is one that'll make you smile if you need a smile today and there's a lot going on in the world today that you know will will make you not smile, certainly. So if you need a break, if you need a chuckle, if you need a laugh, you can look this up online. A playful dog has become an Internet sensation after chasing a Google Maps car. You know, these cars that Google Maps that that Google uh, drives around on roadways to get the images that they publish on Google Maps, right? You can get the street level view on Google Maps. And there are they have those images because there are cars that drive around cities and towns all over america and take these photographs and they're really goofy looking cars if you've ever seen one well this dog was caught on camera (laughs) on the google maps camera running down the street chasing after (laughs) the google maps car uh it uh, happened in japan the video shows the dog jumping onto the road and then chasing the car with its tongue hanging out and following the car to a dead end before giving up the chase The whole thing went viral after being spotted by people online who called it the cutest thing on Google Maps. (laughs) So if you need a a chuckle, you can look that up. Uh, Google the uh, Google Maps dog, uh, the Google Maps dog chase, and it'll it'll be up there. So if you need a chuckle this morning, you can check that out. There you go. Some of the uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Thursday morning started.
1: WFIN News. I'm Matt Demcheck. Your WTOL 11 weather becoming partly sunny today with a high of 31, some snow showers tonight. We could get a couple of inches, to The low of 25. A single-engine plane went down near Fostoria on Tuesday night, killing the two people on board. The Seneca County Sheriff's Office says it happened two miles east of Fostoria just before 11 p.m. Officers found the plane in a wooded area nearby. Two deceased victims were located on the scene. The pilot was identified as 59-year-old Shane Halbrook of Avon, Indiana. The co-pilot was 51-year-old Michael Wright of Casey, Illinois. The plane was traveling from Illinois to Findlay. The cause of the crash is under investigation. Dave James, ONN News. The Hancock County Sheriff's Office is holding a community event centered around addiction. Zachary Thomas is Director of Wellness and Education with the Hancock County Board of Alcohol, Drug Addiction, and Mental Health Services. An opportunity for the community members to kind of get a state of the state as to where things are in relationship to drug use, um, services provided by the community, and how to become more aware of what's happening in our community. and how to be supportive and, and help each other out in those respects the event is titled avoid the risk youth are the future and will be held tonight at cedar creek church at the Findlay mall the ohio redistricting commission's failure to draw constitutional legislative and congressional maps is now almost certain to impact ohio's primary
2: Secretary of State Frank LaRose says it is impossible to see a scenario where new maps are passed in time to hold Ohio's primary election on May 3rd. LaRose said this in a letter to lawmakers. Lawmakers met briefly to discuss the issue, but nothing was decided.
1: ONN's Yolanda Harris reporting. Get more on the redistricting process on the website. The Columbus Blue Jackets are set to host Hockey is for Everyone night. Organizers of the event say it's an effort to recognize and celebrate diversity and inclusion in the sport. The NHL says it believes all hockey programs, from professional to youth, should provide a safe, positive, and inclusive environment for everybody. Hockey is for Everyone night is scheduled for March 1st, as the Blue Jackets will host the New Jersey Devils. Get more news online anytime at WFIN.com.
0: your health this morning february is heart month and the american heart association is out this week with their 2022 report on heart and stroke statistics joining us is aha medical expert dr monique jimenez and dr jimenez what were some of the key findings from this 2022 heart disease and stroke statistics update thank you the new
3: 2022 aha statistical update shows that cardiovascular disease remains the number one killer of women in the United States. And we also learned that 44% of women who are aged 20 years or older are living with cardiovascular disease. And we also included a new section about adverse pregnancy outcomes. We can think of pregnancy as being a woman's natural stress test. And in the United States, there's growing rates of illness and death from pregnancy-related disorders. And the majority of those are related to cardiovascular disease. So those are things like hypertensive disorders of pregnancy and gestational diabetes.
0: It's interesting. You, you mentioned that uh, uh, maternity uh, statistical category was new. I, I think probably a lot of that was known or suspected already. But were you surprised, especially by those numbers, given that they were something that you hadn't looked at specifically before?
3: Absolutely. So what's important is that cardiovascular disease can affect any woman and at any time in her life and at certain, you know, for certain groups there's higher risk and it might manifest in different ways. So to get to the question that you had, overall in the U.S. maternal mortality has increased by 140% over the past 30 years and in fact we know that Black women have the highest rates of maternal mortality and also the highest rates of high blood pressure disorders of pregnancy. So there's some key factors that can impact a woman's cardiovascular health, and some of that is related to lack of awareness. So that's where the American Heart Association comes in. We also know that there's vast underrepresentation of women in cardiovascular research, including women of color. So there's a lot that we don't know, but we do know that women are not miniature versions of men, and in fact, women have unique biology and it's really important that we invest in women's health research so we can understand how that specific biology and different points in the life course can specifically impact
0: of woman's health you touched on a couple of things that i want to ask you about more specifically first of all why is it that cardiovascular disease is still the number one killer of women uh it, it, again this is not new information and we've talked about it before so why is it still pro- so problematic
3: that's a great question there has been for example a overall lower awareness of cardiovascular disease as an important card as a primary um, driver of women's mortality. And so some of that role of cardiovascular disease is due to lack of awareness among women.
0: So with that in mind, then on the question of awareness, what uh, is being done? What can be done to uh, increase the awareness and urge women to take action?
3: So we're not just talking about women's cardiovascular health today, but we wanna do it all the time. And we wanna work with organizations and community members to increase and amplify a really important message. And that is that cardiovascular disease is a woman's greatest health risk. And cardiovascular disease can really be prevented through education and healthy lifestyles. But we need to share it because as I mentioned before, Awareness of those has decreased over time, and the Go Red for Women movement by the American Heart Association was created about 20 years ago to really deal specifically with increasing women's awareness about how their unique biology can impact their cardiovascular risk.
0: So in other words, uh, we're we're making progress in terms of awareness, but still, as the numbers uh, show, uh, quite a ways to go. Absolutely. Absolutely. So once we get past the awareness part, then the next step is obviously taking action. So how can women take action for better heart health?
3: I have three recommendations for people listening. One, know your numbers, and that includes your family history of cardiovascular disease and your personal health numbers, like your blood pressure, your blood glucose, and also your body mass index. Two, we want to encourage women to make health a priority. And the American Heart Association Reclaim Their Rhythm Campaign is actually encouraging women to make a small change to reclaim a healthy habit that might have been lost over the past couple of years. So that could be physical activity or healthy eating or taking a CPR class. And in addition, we need to increase the representation of women in research and in particular women of color. And when we invest in women's health, we invest in everyone's health.
0: So again, uh, Dr. Monique Jimenez is with us, uh, American uh, American Heart Association medical expert, uh, February being Heart Month, out with their uh, latest report on heart and stroke statistics, uh, focusing specifically on women and women's heart health. Where do we go to get more information?
3: Please visit goredforwomen.org.
0: Dr. Jimenez, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it.
3: Thank you. Have a great day.
0: As we've been talking about over the past several days, this is America Saves Week and Bank of America among the entities who are participating in this initiative, encouraging people to make a commitment to save, which is a goal that nearly half of Americans resolved to do back at the beginning of the year so no better time than to kick this into high gear aaron mccullen is head of De- De- deposit products at bank of america so how are we doing uh, on this given that so many people had this goal at the beginning of the year
4: hey great question and thanks for having me on your show chris so here's what i would tell you is that we are definitely seeing americans prioritize savings we know um you know, Americans have an inc- increased balances in their savings accounts right now, and actually, in 2021, 40% of Americans had said in a recent survey we did that they achieved their savings goal back in 2021, and we have uh, we're expecting another 40% to start saving for a goal um, this year in 2022. So it's a great time. Uh, to start your savings plan.
0: So uh, for those who are starting out, or maybe we've been kind of chipping away at this since the beginning of the year, having it in the back of our mind, like we said, now is a good time to kick it into high gear. What tips would you have?
4: Yeah, I think the first thing, Chris, would be to open up a dedicated account for saving. So you can move money to that account and you can move money a little bit or a lot, you know based on your individual circumstances the key is really in um is being consistent and starting to create a habit
0: so here's the question when you talk about opening up a dedicated account specifically for your savings what type of an account are we uh, talking about is is best? Because, uh, again, when we talk about uh, high inflation, if people know kind of the narrative, that means that you have to be earning something on your money in order for you not to be losing money by saving. So what is the best vehicle to use?
4: Sure, what I would recommend is an account we have here at Bank of America called an Advantage Savings Account. And the value of that account is extremely important. Because it allows you to enroll in in a service we have called Keep the Change. What that means is every time as a client you're spending on your debit card, we go ahead and automatically transfer the change or the difference between the dollar amount you spent and the the next nearest dollar over Mm -hmm. to your savings account. So essentially you're paying yourself first over time.
0: That's one uh, of the many tools that, and this is uh, maybe something that people don't think about, uh, is is looking to your bank for tools to help make saving a little bit easier.
4: That's right. And what I would suggest is, is, you know, here at Bank of America, we have a ton of resources. You can meet with a financial specialist, and that specialist can actually help you Um, on your journey to financial security. They can help find gaps that you may have in your budget or, of course, discuss any of the tools. Or there is online education that I highly recommend. Um, And that can be found at, it's it's called Better Money Habits at bettermoneyhabits.com. This is a free website that provides a ton of information, much of about how to start to save.
0: And and that's what I was gonna uh, gonna ask too. Once we get beyond just that basics of getting started, getting into the habit, then when we're to the point where maybe we're ready to go to the next step, become a little bit more uh, advanced, uh, talking about the resources that you have available to help people go beyond quote unquote saving to actually building financial wealth and health.
4: You got it. So Better Money Habits, um, again, as I mentioned, is a great place to start. Um, Of course, meeting with a financial specialist. Um, And then the other thing you can do is there is a tool we have here at Bank of America called Life Plan. So once you have started to save, you can really start to think about what is your life plan? Um, What does it look like for the future or even potentially save for some short-term or long-term goals?
0: Yeah, because uh, so often people think that they're kind of out there on an island by themselves and there are really uh, a lot of resources out there that can help get you started. And that really is the message for America Saves Week, the importance of just getting started and then building from there. Again, Aaron McCullen is uh, head of deposit products for Bank of America. Mention again the website where folks can get uh, some of those resources and get started.
4: Sure. For free financial education, I would go to bettermoneyhabits.com or
0: americasaves.org as well. Aaron, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it.
4: Hey, thank you so much, Chris. Have a great day.
0: Again, with this being America Saves Week all week long, we've been uh, talking about this, and it is the topic of our Throwback Thursday segment this morning. How many of us have said I wish I knew then what I know now when it comes to some of the boneheaded financial decisions that we made when we were younger, whether it was uh, taking on too much debt or buying a car that we probably couldn't really afford or regrets over not having started saving earlier for retirement or uh, big purchase, whatever. Wouldn't it be great if there were a way to impart that wisdom to young people when they really need it instead of after the fact? Well, there is. It is found in the book Get a Financial Life. You know, that <laughs> turn that of phrase, get a life. Well, this is Get a Financial Life. It's written by financial writer Beth Kobliner, originally published back in 1996, but it has recently been updated for a new generation, Back in April of 2017, we spoke to her about it. It is today's Throwback Thursday. What are the biggest differences you find when it comes to the financial concerns and the financial attitudes of young people now versus young people then?
2: When I wrote the first book 20 years ago, I was in my late 20s, and so now I have a child in her 20s, and I see uh, the amount of debt their friends are carrying for student loans, but one good thing is they're much more cautious about credit card debt. They really do not want to get into credit card debt. So that's that's a good change. And I think this generation is more inclined to save in something like a company 401k plan. They actually are stocking away more money today than gen xers or boomers did
0: that's interesting uh and and you start with the very basics here uh choosing a bank putting together a plan to tackle those student loans the basics of starting a retirement fund i mean this is real world stuff that assumes nothing because far too often young people just getting started really know nothing and that's not a criticism i mean that's right reality we haven't really taught our kids this stuff
2: Right. People don't learn it in high school uh, as they should or middle school, and it's not being taught in colleges
4: either. So,
0: to give people an idea of some of the advice uh, in the book, let's share a couple of nuggets here. You mentioned the Great Recession that really changed the game for this mm-hmm. generation of young people. Much of that was precipitated by the mortgage crisis, and the, the whole paradigm of home buying shifted as a result. But it is still uh, concerning. Considered to be the foundation of the American dream for many yeah. people. So what does a person or a couple in their 20s need to know about putting themselves in a position to buy a home so that they don't get in over their heads?
2: Right. Well, the good news is, you know, banks, unfortunately, were giving a lot of no-money-down loans. So people who had basically put zero down were getting homes, and now their requirement is back to sort of what it typically was – where you have to put 20% down to get a first-time home. So that's a great, uh, although it makes it tougher to get a home, mm-hmm. it also makes it more stable and secure if you do get a home. And you want to save that money, and probably the best way to do it is have money automatically siphoned out of your paycheck or automatically siphoned you know, out of your checking account and put into a super smart place, like either, a safe place, too, Either, because if you're going to buy a home in the next five years, you don't want to put it in the stock market. You want to put it in either a bank savings account, maybe an online one that's paying a little more money. Um, there's some that are paying up to 1%. And I even just uh, spoke at a credit union where they were paying 3% on checking accounts. Wow. You can shop around for, for good deals. But also, so you want to have the money saved automatically. So by the time you turn around in a couple of years, you have a good chunk of money saved and you're getting closer to coming up with that down payment. Because if you don't do it automatically, most people don't have the discipline to say, okay, every month I'm going to, you know... Put this money aside. And it just that, doesn't work like that.
0: And that's not a failing of young people. I mean, that's all of us. So, that's always going <laughs> to don't, exactly. don't feel bad about that. The right. other the other big thing that is different today than mm. it was even in 2009, which was the last uh, edition, the last mm. update of the book, is health care. Many people, especially in this age range, struggle with the cost of that.
2: The issue is if you don't get health insurance when you're in your 20s or 30s, you're going to, if you have a major medical situation or some kind of accident, not only will you bankrupt yourself, but you'll probably also bankrupt your parents and those who love you. So health insurance is super important it's necessary
0: you have a whole chapter on insurance of what you need and what you don't and i would imagine yeah. uh, health insurance uh, really falls under that what you Absolutely. need uh, and again you know it comes down to retirement really when mm. when my kids uh, reached that age when they left the nest that was the first thing that i made them do was open up an ira mm. uh, but but this generation Yeah, this generation. Because again, it was one of those things. I wish somebody had done that for me. (laughs) Right. Uh, But this generation has seen some wild swings of the stock market, and some people are just not comfortable with that kind of risk. But you say, but you say, don't be afraid. Don't be
2: afraid. Especially when you're talking about you're in your 20s and you're talking about something like a 401k or an IRA, uh, like you said, the smartest thing you do for your kids, even if they're in high school and they have some income is tell them to open an IRA. Uh, You can open one in what they call an index fund or Exchange traded funds, and the exchange traded fund you can get it for as little as a hundred dollars to start and they're low cost, simple investments, and it's not like the movies where you see lots of trading and it's yeah. all wild ride. You know, generally the market does go up, it goes down, but if you go with an index fund, you're getting a low cost way to invest in a very diversified, you're not putting all your eggs into one stock. Yeah. You're you know, spreading the risk.
0: So So very critical. Again, the book is Get a Financial Life, Personal Finance in Your 20s and 30s. Beth Kobliner is the author, and you have more on your website, right?
2: Yes, it's BethKobliner.com.
0: Again, uh, our conversation with Beth Kobliner, author author of Get a Financial Life from April of 2017, our Throwback Thursday segment this morning, and we have that linked up at our webpage, goodmornings.net. Still, great book for uh, young people just starting out.
5: We interrupt this program to bring you a broken
0: news alert. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. Always a good idea to be on your toes if there is a crocodile around. (laughs) On Tuesday, a crocodile escaped out of the back window of a van, (laughs) which, which must have been rather alarming for everybody else on the road at the time. Apparently, this was a transport ba- van that was relocating crocodiles to a different area of the St. Augustine Alligator Farm Zoological Park in uh, Florida, St. Augustine, Florida. The, uh, the zoo, the uh, zoological park, said that the reptiles were secured before they were put inside the van, but an animal broke the back window of the van, and apparently the crocodiles were not secured well enough because one of them broke out the back window of the van and made a, made a run for it. In our mad dash down the road, the uh, park said our crew acted quickly to recapture the reptile and deliver it safely to its new enclosure. <laughs> well, that's good. They also insist that there was no real danger to the public or to staff during the incident because the reptile's mouth had been secured. Just the same. I, I'd rather they secured the crocodiles a little more, uh, a little better. <laughs> Next time, so one of them doesn't make a break for it. That's crazy. Broke out the back window of the van and escaped. um Speaking of uh, animals or animal related stories, this sounds terrifying. Uh, locals in the village of Staverton in England reported earlier this week seeing a six foot goat man. <laughs> a six foot goat man. This is the early hours of Sunday morning. The witnesses say they saw the creature briefly illuminated in the light, but a second later, it was gone. Someone posted about their sighting, writing in part, quote, it was about the height of a person, maybe six foot or so, but had short, powerful legs and hips, which seemed to move in a circular, fluid fashion. It was not a deer because it stood on two legs. This was in the Midlands, in the area's traditionally rolling fields and woodland. A six-foot goat man. Others replied to the post saying it may have been a wallaby, as there have been numerous sightings of those animals in the area, but I like the six-foot goat man story myself. I'll go with that. (laughs) No word they've been able to verify exactly what it is or capture the goat man. Speaking of goats, a crime-fighting goat helps capture a fleeing suspect in Henry County, Virginia. A sheriff's deputy was attempting to arrest a man following a domestic assault last week when the man ran from the scene, crashing through a fence line and heading into a nearby field. And that's when the goat gave up, uh, gave chase. (laughs) The goat to the rescue started chasing the guy, followed the suspect into a wooded area, The uh, animal helped the deputy flush the suspect out of the woods and into the hands of police. Uh, He was taken into custody at that point without incident. (laughs) The goat being hailed a hero for (laughs) helping them chase down the fugitive suspect. (laughs) In Rick County, Virginia. That's all kinds of awesome there. (laughs) Can you imagine if you're that guy in the slammer? How'd they catch you? Well, I got caught by a goat. (laughs) Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Umberto Venegas, age 30, from uh, North Bergen, New Jersey, is under arrest. See, here's the thing. Uh, Apparently, he was upset because his dad received a bad haircut at a local barber shop. Okay, Uh, Umberto was angry because of his father's bad haircut that he received at the barbershop. So he did what I think any reasonable person would do. He went to the barbershop, poured gasoline all over and tried to set it on fire. (laughs) Um, Police uh, say that uh, Mr. Uh, Venegas also claimed that his father was threatened by uh, barbers in the barbershop with a pair of scissors after he complained about his haircut. So it was more than just a bad haircut, I guess. But, uh, he has been arrested and uh, charged with attempted arson for pouring gasoline all over the inside of the barbershop. Uh, this happened Monday afternoon. Uh, they also want Mr. Venegas to receive a mental health evaluation. <laughs> <clears throat> hey, I'm not messing around the haircut you get it right and finally in the broken news this morning uh the um, man by the name of matthew abraham age 24 who was arrested in boston on monday morning accused of trying to get into the tiger enclosure at the franklin park zoo he tried to enter the tiger enclosure uh zoo workers say they saw mr abraham in an area that is not open to the public behind the tiger Tales exhibit. Around 8.45 in the morning, when first seen by staff and approached, he climbed over a gate and quickly exited the area. Zoo security detained him. He was evaluated by Boston Emergency Medical Services and deemed mentally competent. Apparently had no injuries from being in the uh, tiger enclosure. Um, And uh, after he declined any additional medical evaluation, he was promptly arrested by Massachusetts State Police. He told them that he had no idea that he was trespassing, even though there there are multiple signs saying, don't enter the tiger enclosure. And really, honestly, you shouldn't do that anyway. I mean, it should go without saying that you don't climb into the tiger enclosure, but there are signs. He claims, though, he didn't know that he was trespassing. When they asked him, why in the world would you do this? He said, and I'm not kidding, he wanted to look into the eye of the tiger. It's the eye of the tiger. (laughs) Like the old song. Yeah, not a good idea. That's not. There you go. (laughs) That is today's broken news report. I just wanted to look into the eye of the tiger. Uh, Today's uh, update of the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less. Of Hancock County Veterans Services, we now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. The pandemic outlook is improving across the country, and health officials are cautiously optimistic about the downward trend in Omicron cases. A number of states and large private businesses have announced a reduction or dropping of mitigation measures. We all share the same goal, to get to the point where COVID is no longer disrupting our daily lives. Here at WFIN, we'll continue to pass along the latest information so you can stay informed. 1330 W. WFIN, Wfin.com and 95.5 FM. Time now for your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. We mentioned Mardi Gras next week, Ash Wednesday, in the beginning of Lent, the time when we as Christians atone for our sins, and some of us have more to atone for than others. Now, sure, most of us will stray from the straight and narrow from time to time, but according to a new ranking, Nevada is, has been named the most sinful state of 2022. Now, that's probably not a real big surprise. The gurus at Wallet Hub have compiled data for all 50 states based on 47 illicit behaviors. They include everything from crime statistics and vice, smoking, excessive drinking, gambling, and Nevada ranks highest. I gotta think, you know, When the nickname of your largest city, Las Vegas, is Sin City, you're pretty much a lock to be the most sinful state, aren't you? (laughs) I mean, that kind of goes without saying. But uh, Las Vegas, number one, the most sinful state of 2022. So not a surprise. Uh, California ranked second on the sinful states list. And then Texas was third, rounding out the top five, Florida and Louisiana, and at the very bottom of the list now this actually was a surprise to me Idaho was the least sinful state but the potatoes are sinfully good so here is the uh, here is the list the top 10 most sinful states as we said Nevada California Texas Florida and Louisiana in the top 5 Tennessee was number 6 Pennsylvania number 7 little Pennsylvania up there in the uh, in the top 10 they're just sitting there minding their own business, and lo and behold, they're top ten of the most sinful states. Georgia was number eight, South Carolina number nine, and uh, Illinois was number ten. Um, maybe that has something to do with Chicago, I guess, and the crime statistics and so on. Probably landing that in the landing Illinois in the top ten, the least sinful states. So we mentioned Idaho at the very bottom of the list, just ahead of Wyoming, Vermont. South Dakota and Iowa, the bottom five least sinful states, to be followed by New Hampshire, Minnesota, North Dakota, Utah. See, that's what I figured. I figured Utah would be right there at the bottom, but Utah is uh, 42nd, so a number of states even less sinful than Utah, and Nebraska was uh, 41st. So those are the bottom 10, Idaho, Wyoming, Vermont, South Dakota, Iowa, New Hampshire, Minnesota, North Dakota, Utah, and Nebraska. Apparently there's folks in South Dakota looking up north saying, what are you people doing? (laughs) You're so much further up the list. Ohio, by the way, is ranked 19th. And remember, uh, the most sinful at the top of the list. And Ohio is ahead of Michigan, interestingly enough by uh, about three or four spots. I, I didn't, uh, didn't note where exactly Michigan is on the list, but I think it's like three or four spots below where Ohio is. Ohio ranked 19th on the uh, list of the most sinful states of 2022, according to Wallet Hub. Well, let me tell you, this is maybe the, some of the best news we've heard in a long time. Fun Day Sunday is back. Although capacity will be limited, the University of Findlay's Mazza Museum is set to welcome kids and families uh, to their first in-person event in, uh, what, gosh, nearly two years now, right? Seems I mean, like forever. It seems like forever. <laughs> uh, ben Sapp and uh, Heather Sensel uh, with us uh, from the uh, Mazza Museum, the University of Findlay. And uh, so, first of all, the uh, event is, as it normally is, the first Sunday of the month, which is next Sunday, right? Correct. March 6th. And we want to mention it now, uh, give people a little time because you have to register, which is, that's a little bit different.
5: Right. Uh, just to keep everyone safe, uh, we are asking that all uh, attendees register uh, from our website, Uh And currently our first session is closed. Uh, we have a session from one. To 230 that one is closed but the the session from 3 to 430 is still open and we'd love to have you register and and come to that
0: okay so and that can be done online right Correct. there at the, at the website so it's a little bit different uh, in in the sense that you have to register and uh, capacity being limited a couple of different sessions um, are there any other uh, changes what uh, what will be happening at uh, fun day Sunday kind of give us the uh, overview here of what this one is all about because I know there's
6: a different theme every uh, every time Time and all yes that, so. yep so this one is let's go Lego so okay. you can't beat that theme most kids <laughs> just love it
0: kids so, of all ages too right. by the way that's exactly so.
6: right so and the, the exciting part is a lot of people haven't been introduced to our new conda steam Center and they will be able to actually go in and participate in some activities in there we have a great Lego wall as well as um, a lot of the Lego tables that we'll have out and then you'll still be able to come in see the museum and have all the booths that you've had before and our community members will be participating. The YMCA will be there. Our Hancock uh, Public Library is having the bookmobile. We also have some groups for Marathon. So, it, just the whole community is pulling together again to start this program once over.
0: So, uh, and, and is there still a, a story time and you know things like that? To there will the, be,
6: the yes, there will be a story time. The only yeah. thing right now we're not having is face painting, but that will be brought back very soon. Okay. So, everything that you've seen in the past will be there this time.
0: It's going to be and, – and it's uh, it's a free event. Totally free. free. for That's right. those For those who have not uh, participated before, maybe new to the community, and, and uh, what is this Fun day Sunday thing that we're talking about? Let's kind of back up a little bit. Talk a little bit about the uh, concept and what it is that, that you do, the idea behind the whole thing.
6: Sure. It is a great um, event for families, mm-hmm. basically, to put down all those um, – cell phones and things like that, and actually come in and put hands-on activities together. Yeah. So it's really just available for the community, that free, no, no payment, no nothing. We just want you to come in and enjoy yourself, be mm-hmm. together. And also, um, a lot of times I see grandparents bringing in oh, little sure. ones. So yeah. it's, that, that works too, right? So it's, it's just basically for the community, a give back, say thank you for all you're doing, and show that the University of Finley and MAZA supports
0: you mentioned uh, the uh, STEM uh, area that, that you have. This would be an introduction to that for a lot of folks who maybe have been to Day Sunday before, uh, but not uh, this uh, new area that you have set up at the museum.
5: Right. The STEAM Center opened this past fall. And so for many folks, it'll be the first time that they have uh, been able to, to really take a look and see. Uh, the wonderful resource that, that this is for our community.
0: And the idea behind that is to encourage uh, discovery of those STEAM subjects. Exactly,
5: yes. And, and for MAZA, we're doing that all th- through or the groundwork or the framework of of art from picture books is really our uh, push in the STEAM Center.
0: And uh, again, this is coming up. uh, The uh, Funday Sunday is uh, next Sunday, the uh, 6th of March. uh, But you want to sign up sooner rather than later because, uh, as you mentioned, already uh, filled up that first session.
5: Yes, uh, the first session is closed, but please register for the second session, and we will be sure to let folks know as we go forward what each Fun Day Sunday is going to look like. Um, masks are required uh, for the event on March 6th, um, and we just hope that everyone... Uh, continues to be a little bit patient and respectful of each other uh, during these times.
0: Yeah, we were mentioning a little bit actually before we went on the air talking about what the future may hold. And as of right now, don't really know. This is kind of uh, the first one out of the gate where you're doing this uh, in person as opposed to a, a virtual event as some of these have been done during the uh, pandemic. But it largely depends on uh, there are a lot of factors that go into
5: this. Sure. The, it's, it's there's so many uh, governing bodies that are are mm-hmm. helping us to make our daily decisions. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we just want to keep everyone as safe as we can.
0: So uh, stay tuned for uh, further updates with respect to uh, Funday Sunday moving forward. And as far as the museum itself... Uh you actually have been uh open and, and welcoming folks for a while now, right?
5: Yes, we've we've been open for, for many, many months. Uh we're open Wednesday, Thursday, Friday from noon to five and Sundays from one to four. We had our first uh school tours uh that started back up this week, so
0: Uh, we are back to normal uh, as much as we can as as much as possible (laughs) given the uh, given the circumstances Uh, which brings up the the point that uh, it's it's not just fun day sunday when the when the museum is open i mean folks can schedule a a tour or come out uh, pretty much any time right yes
6: We're, we're actually racing back to do a recycle reduce and reuse tour with bigelow so yeah we've got tours straight open
0: and it is such a, uh, a great gem in the community, again, as we were talking, for, for those who are not familiar, maybe new to the community or what have you. Uh, it is a tremendous uh, gallery of uh, art from uh, picture books, first of its kind and still the largest of its kind,
5: right? That's correct. Uh, we have over 17,000 original works of art from artists from all over the world.
0: So the fun day Sunday theme is uh, Legos. Let, let's
6: go Legos. Let's
0: go Legos, and uh, that's that's going to be an awful lot of fun. <laughs> uh, who's who's uh, responsible for picking them up off the floor so nobody steps on them?
6: That's a good question. I, I will see. I've got some high school house. kids coming. We'll just put them right on there. Because I know in our house,
0: that's always the danger.
6: And they hurt, don't they? Yeah, I was going to say, you're going to have EMS on, on yep. there.
0: We would welcome no. you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a link up on our webpage because, again, you do need to sign up and uh, register for this, but there is no charge. Uh, you can learn more about it at goodmornings.net. Again, uh, Ben Sapp and Heather Sensel, the uh, Finley, University of Finley's Mazda Museum. Thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate Thank it. Thank you. And that will wrap up our podcast for today. Thanks to all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. Remember, you can get more information on all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage. That is goodmornings.net. Check us out online. Coming up tomorrow, we wrap up America Saves Week with Ohio Treasurer Robert Sprague. We'll talk about the importance of financial literacy not only for families, but as a matter of fiscal health for the state as a whole. Plus, we've got a collection of Mardi Gras recipes for your Fat Tuesday Feast from Kyra's Kitchen. So until tomorrow morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.